Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for November 21st, 2010. And uh, this is going to be part two. And right now we're going to go segue into the TSA. And uh, we're going to be looking at this from not only the information, further information that's come out this week, but also from a biblical standpoint, how God would feel about the TSA scanners. And this next article starts out by saying the TSA is part of a larger effort to implement a slow-motion surveillance and high-tech police state control grid in America. It is an element of the alternative geography, quote, alternative geography of the military corporate intelligence establishment, an aspect specifically designed to acclimate Americans to the prospect of an ever-encroaching police state, essentially through incrementalism, meaning they incrementally implement their draconian measures. The tight integration of the corporate government aspect of this alternative geography is demonstrated by the relationship the government has with the Chertoff group. And I believe Chertoff, Michael Chertoff, um, I believe his name means like the devil or something in like Russian, which is, you know, always a good sign. It's always a good sign. Anyway, a public relations firm pushing naked body scanners, the Chertoff Group, and was founded by Michael Chertoff, the former boss of the Homeland Security. I mean, that guy just looks flat out evil. The new procedures defended over the weekend by Barry Satoru Obama from a NATO summit in Portugal are not about finding the next underwear bomber and protecting the American people from Al-Qaeda. The latest procedures are designed to get the American people accustomed to the idea that the police, the alternative geography of the military corporate intelligence network, and the government will micromanage and control the public and eventually all aspects of our private lives. Events reveal that the government is not interested in preventing an al-Qaeda attack, but keeps tabs on when uh, possible subverting opposition when possible subverting opposition to its power. I believe also what they're trying to say there is when somebody opposes this power that the uh, big brother's trying to wield, they want to definitely keep tabs on anyone that would dare do such a thing to Big Brother. They want to have tabs, and they want to have this, you know, their databases. It took Hitler and the Nazis nearly a decade to impose a murderous police state on the German people. In the wake of the staged burning of the Reichstag, in February of 1933, the Nazis suspended the civil liberties of the German people and began a concerted effort to eliminate all opposition to their fascist regime. The Nazis would later stage a false flag incident known as the Gliwitz Incident in order to provide an excuse to invade Poland and start World War II, the Second World War. Left unchallenged, the government invariably involves from a tyrannical force at odds with the interest of the people. Minus effective opposition, the people of Germany had little choice but to support Hitler and his ill-fated war. It has taken the federal government and its Department of Homeland Security, an agency on the drawing board, well before September 11, 2001, to implement police state tactics in regard to travel that far surpass anything devised by the Nazis. Okay, so continuing further, this is another article I found regarding this. Uh, and it, again, it really gets into a lot of the biblical issues regarding the TSA body scanners. <clears throat> it says, entering the crossroads, TSA body scanners are God, a choice before us all. And then it gives a quote by Adolf Hitler, where he says, it also gives us a very special secret pleasure to see how unaware 
the people around us are, of what is really happening to them. End of quote. And, you know, these people at the helm today are no different than Hitler. And most people have been so dumbed down that they don't have a clue. For the past week, now this is this person writing, For the past week, I've been deeply concerned about the situation. I've monitored it closely, prayed over it intensely. I've watched this controversy morph into something incredibly evil with sinister intent and the ramifications of this becoming unstoppable or terrifying and mind-numbing. What I've seen and heard from those who are experiencing horrific encounters about the TSA speaks volumes, not only to the nation at large and to the world, but to Christians specifically who allow themselves through their ignorance of what is really happening, to be herded through this evil trap and then saying nothing. I must ask because I need to know. Christian women need to know. Where are the men of Christ? As their wives and children are humiliated before their eyes, having having their modesty stripped from them and their nakedness laid bare by leering, perverted strangers, not to mention physically groped by intrusive hands, if they opt out of the scanner, uh, physically groped by intrusive hands that should never be allowed to touch his intimate parts of their bodies. Anywhere else but in the airport in this country, it would be assault, rape, and child molestation. All felony crimes. Where is the Christian outrage? Amen. And again, I just had mentioned this in the last teaching uh, with the churches. Where is the Christian outrage? Outrage. Oh, we wouldn't want to do that. Now, I have a comment I made here that I inserted in here. And then I said, where are the churches? Oh, sorry, I forgot. 99.9% of them are not really churches at all. They are for-profit. I don't care if they say they're not for-profit or not. They are for-profit, 501c3 corporate entities given their permission to exist, not by God, but by their master, the government, and the IRS, who created their corporate status, with the pastor being the CEO and the board of directors, um, the deacons, of these corporate entities. So I guess for the most part, it's really no wonder they sit silent, as heaven forbid they might get their 501c3 status revoked if they spoke out against the very government who created them and their parishioners would not be able to write off their tithes on their income tax. And these same churches would also lose their government subsidies. This would be bad business, and they might become, quote, labeled. But this sounds pretty biblical to me. Now, I know that was dripping with sarcasm, but I I really don't know what other emotion to use. Now, I'm not trying to say this about every single church that exists, but for the most part, I think that's a pretty accurate appraisal. And this is why I'm so popular with the mainstream Christians, because of this very reason. You know, I really don't care. I really don't. It's not that I'm trying to create enemies, but it's so obviously blatant that this is wrong, and my life as a Christian is not a popularity contest. But I'm not necessarily trying to create enemies, but I can't help it. It's just the way it is. You know, somebody's got to say, I mean, not to say I'm the only one, but, you know. Now, if you want to know more about this issue, just go up to unregisteredbaptistfellowship.com. And get Dr. Dixon's book, uh, The Trail of Blood Revisited. 
And um, that's a good primer on this whole particular thing. If you have a church that, that is like that and you want to come out of that situation, they have got the Biblical Law Center with Barbara Kate and Dr. Dixon. They can help you uh, with that. It's not easy. Once you're, once you're already in the system, it's like almost being in the mafia. It's very hard to get out of, but it can be done. It's not easy. And you may pretty much lose your whole church in order to do it because a lot of people don't understand. But, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's just the way it is. There's very few people that ever end up going that route because they just, I don't know. You'd have to ask them. But I was in that system for a long time, not to say that I ever had my own church. But uh, God, God got me out of it. And it was one of the best things that ever happened to me, to be quite honest. So, again, I, I think that that's a pretty accurate appraisal, what I just said. Where is the Christian outrage? Where is the outrage from the church? It's, it's amazing to me. I report on these, these flagrantly obvious things every week. Whether it's avian flu, whether it's them using aborted babies to make vaccines, and they do that with at least 13. Whether it's all the garbage they're putting in the vaccines, whether it's standing silent on, on the, these, the, like the UFO issues, or all the evil that Obama's perpetuating, or just you could go on and on and on. And the church, for the most part, the corporate church of America, sits silent. It's unbelievable. Going further, it says, what of that young woman or man who has fought for a lifetime to regain his or her sense of self and dignity because they were a victim of rape or molestation? What about the child whose own experiences may still be raw and fresh in their young mind? Where is the empathy for them? Now, I, I heard this lady the other day interviewed, and she had been a, uh, a victim of, um, like, you know, all kind of horrific stuff when she was a little girl. Raped and, oh, I mean, just sickening. And her counselors had told her, they're like, you can't ever put yourself in a position that the TSA would try to put you in where they're going to be groping you and doing this or you cannot take that chance because she'll have flashbacks and she'll go nuts, essentially. And I don't really think the lady was, was saved, the one that had called into this program I was listening to, but it was really sad and I hadn't even thought about that. There's a lot of different aspects of this. <clears throat> as they are made, um, and then it says, where's the empathy for them as they are made to stand before the, the, quote, authority, powerless and helpless, as their body is assaulted again. See, this is a matter of standing up for the weak and the meek and those who can't defend themselves and your wives and your children and your babies or your unborn baby. Because if they want to put you through a scanner, you know, and you have, I mean, we're talking a lot of radiation exposure here. They're doing this on a lot of different levels, and we're going to discuss this aspect of it. But I think this, this writing really brought a lot of this home and tied it together from a biblical standpoint. He goes on to say, but this time around, it's, it is different, isn't it? This time they are not recipients to the luxury of privacy and secrecy, which evil affords them afforded them before 
in some darkened corner of evil. No, now, as a fresh assault takes place, there's nowhere to hide their imposed shame, nowhere to run. In other words, um, these people that have been traumatized, there's nowhere for them to run. Instead, this new humiliation is broadcast in full view of an airport full of onlookers who gawk at their helplessness, um, snicker at their quaking fear, and roll their eyes at their tears as they pass on because they do not care. These TSA agents, I'm sorry, I think for the most part they're evil. I've seen the reactions on the films. They're they're apathetic and evil. I'm not saying every single one, but I'm saying for the most part, anybody that would do that job, there's got to be something, and you would stay doing it, You're irradiating people, you're sterilizing people, you're looking at naked images of people, or you're patting them down, genitalia, going inside the pants now. There's got to be something wrong with you. Wrong with you, not wrong with us. Wrong with you. To do something like that. There has got to be some type of demonic exchange taking place when people are put in a job where they're doing that. They, I believe, are becoming more and more demon-infested by the days. And I don't want them laying their hands on me or my family. The Bible says to lay hands suddenly on no man. This is why I, one of the reasons I came out of the Pentecostal church. Because they, they're, they're going around laying hands on everybody. They don't even know the people. Oh, lay hands, bless God. Everybody praying tongues at the same time. It's confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. It's all out of order biblically and totally out of line. Now, then it goes on to say, Did you know that once you opt out, you must submit to their intrusive body search or you cannot leave the premises or the airport? To do so, you will be penalized up to $10,000 or more in a civil fine imposed by your government. I'm not lying about that. It just happened this week. A guy said, he said, don't touch my junk or whatever, and tried to walk out. And the whole thing was was documented. He had it all on his camera. I sent it out to my email list. And basically, he ended up walking out at the very end, but they said, we're going to fine you $10,000. He's like, you, you bring that lawsuit. And they've already done it. They've already brought the lawsuit. Because they want to make an example out of him. Because he wasn't a good little jackboot Nazi. He didn't lay down. They want to make an example. The audacity of this evil is unbelievable. Then he goes on, this goes on to say, you understand what I just said. You cannot go back home. You cannot leave the airport until you submit or you will be fined. And now you, you can actually be in prison. You can actually be arrested. I just saw that today. They, they came out and said that they will, they will actually use the local authorities to make sure that you don't leave. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. And again, this should be things we're praying about. I pray God fry every one of these machines. I'm not telling anybody to go do it. I'm saying if God so chooses. You'd be amazed what what the Lord can do if the right prayer is directed in the right area. Now, if it's His will, nevertheless not my will be done, but thine God. That's how Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
I don't know. I may not be his will. This this is just, like I said, part of God's judgment, I believe. Letting this happen. And then it goes on to say, did you know that as of the first of the year 2011, the opt-out provision will be rescinded and everyone, including pregnant women and infants, will be irradiated, radiated in the body scanners, no exceptions. Pregnant women have foregone dental work on the advice of um, dentists for decades due to the risk of harming their unborn child in the x-rays. And they had the added benefit of a lead covering. And we're talking, I mean, if you're going to take a dental x-ray, that is probably the safest you can do because it's very, very specific. It's very small area. Um, they, they, you know, and they use lead shielding, which is what they should be doing. Now we're talking full body radiation. Terahertz, full body. Unzip your DNA radiation. No lead shielding, no nothing. Irradiating your unborn baby, irradiating and radiating your ovaries, which is where the eggs are stored. See, when a sperm and an egg join, the, the woman only has so many eggs. There's a finite number of eggs in each ovary. If the eggs are ruined, she's infertile. There's no way she can get pregnant. Or if they're totally warped from all the radiation that's caused all kind of DNA mutations, you're going to have some type of deformed child. Or stillborn. I mean, this is, this is insanity, what's going on. Pregnant women have foregone dental work, so on the vice of their dentist for decades, do the risk of harming their unborn child by the x-rays. And they have the added benefit of the lead covering. Did you know that these backscatter x-ray machines unzip your DNA, that they kill you at a cellular level? The Homeland Security Secretary, Janet Napolitano, I can't even stand to look at her. She's so evil. states these machines are safe as proven by a university study, when in fact that very university study says they are very dangerous, especially to young children and pregnant women, and they believe the government is using 20 times higher radiation dosage than they are telling us about. Of course they are. They're liars. They're of their father the devil, and of his works they will do. Of course. Just like they said they weren't storing the images. And all that information came out how... Just in one month, that courthouse had stored thousands and thousands and thousands of images of the naked body scanners. They're liars. You can't believe a thing that they say. And then I put in there, hey, they got to sterilize us somehow, right? I mean, it's just one of the many ways they're, they're trying to sterilize us. Well, they got to fulfill the, the first commandment of the, of the New World Order, or the Georgia Guidestones, reduce world population to 500 million. You know, they gotta, they got to accomplish that some way. I think the way they're really going to accomplish that, if God so lets them, and I don't know if he's going to, is the very reason, one of the very reasons that really got my ministry kicked off, which was the whole avian flu thing. Now there's actually been a reported case of avian flu over in the Far East, the first one they've had in years, h one uh, H5N1, which is the which is the one I reported on, and you could still go up to the internet and watch my presentation for free. 
You can watch it for free. I mean, even the one I did through the Prophecy Club, I'm pretty sure it was up there. You can watch it on my PowerPoint. I've got several different versions, but just Keen Scott Johnson, Avion. Anyway, the reason I say that is because that presentation is as pertinent today as it ever was back in 2005 when I did it. Because I really believe, and I believe that's the reason God put me on that tour, and I really believe that's the reason I studied for like seven months to put that 150 PowerPoint presentation together was because that was the primary way they were really going to make things go, let things go down. As far as, you know how much they could accomplish with that? With a stage pandemic released through whatever way, perpetuated through the vaccinations, which I clearly proved they did in the Spanish flu of 1918-1919, which killed 50 million people worldwide at least. They did it through the vaccines. They could do a combination they could do some type of binary thing where part of it's in the vaccine, part of it's in the air, airborne. But do you, you know how much they could pull off and accomplish if they just did that alone? Did you see that thing on Plum Island on Conspiracy Theory where they're going to move that, that facility from Plum Island which has, which has all these exotic, nasty diseases they work with to like the heartland of like, was it Kansas or something? Or Missouri or I don't know. Then we're going to move it offshore, right into the, the heartland of the United States. A biological outbreak. You could kill a ton and ton of people, impose martial law, impose every bit of draconian measures that you have on the agenda with that. You would accomplish, from a New World Order standpoint, from a satanic standpoint, they could accomplish more in that scenario than just about any other scenario they could come up with. Because that's a contagion that you pass from one to another. Even if they nuked things, they're not going to nuke the whole world. Then there's nothing left. But a contagion, and particularly if they have the antidote for themselves, they could kill off all the useless eaters, and then only the elite will be left behind. No, from a biblical standpoint, I don't believe God's going to let that happen. Not on as grand of a scale as, as they would like it. But, I think that's the way, and have felt that that was the way they would at least try for a long, long time. Going further, <clears throat> this, brothers and sisters, is not about terrorism from an outside source. This is about terrorizing peoples of a nation by its rulers. These radiation scanners are nothing but a 21st century Holocaust ovens used to destroy our bodies, not only through our cellular structure, but down to the very essence of the human DNA. Isn't it always funny how we always come back to the DNA, to the corrupting of the seed, just like it was in Noah's day? And isn't it funny, Jesus Christ said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. In the days of Noah, the sons of God, who were the, who were the angels, saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wise, all that they have chose. And, the, and the, the, the progeny, the offspring of this union of fallen angels, were the Nephilim, the fallen ones. And that term, sons of God, in the Old Testament, is only used of angels in the Old Testament. It's used five times. Two in Genesis, three in Job. Look it up. It's only used of angels. Now, in the New Testament, which is translated, you know, in, in the Greek, not from the Hebrew like the Old, that term typically would refer to a believer. But in the Old, it always refers to angels. 
These were fallen. These were angels that fell and procreated with women and created a great a race of the fallen, the Nephilim, the giants. And isn't it funny? They corrupted the seed of mankind to the point, and I believe the seed of even the animals, because God had to wipe the whole world out with a flood, save eight people and the animals on the ark. There was no more pure DNA anymore. The DNA had all been corrupted. And they're trying to do the same thing today on so many different levels. This is just one way. I've reported on this numerous times in a myriad of other ways. They're trying to mess with our DNA. I mean, this should make you angry. The Bible says, be ye angry and sin not. The fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Praying with righteous indignation. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's an attribute of God. I think because there's not enough of it is part of the reason things are the way that they are. I'm not saying we walk around in anger and bitterness and strife or anything like that all the time, but there should be certain things that do get you mad. Like the visual rape of your wife or or the groping of your wife or your daughter or your children. That should get you pretty fired up. I'm I'm not even going to get near an airport, to be honest with you. I wouldn't even think about that at this point, subjecting myself or my daughter to any of that. There's no way. I'm not saying that I think I'm better than you. I'm just telling you. It's not an option for me. Uh, Not going to happen. So, let's go further. Why is it that these scanners are so important that this government now has a fleet of mobile units ready to roll? Why is it that everyone must in some way, shape, or form, be processed through these hideous devices. What is it that they are not telling us? What is it that they do not want you to know? I could go on ad nauseum with the questions that we should be asking but are not asking. Without question, as the child of God, what should your stand be? Just how do you take a stand? What is black and white as the Lord sees it? Is this truly nothing more than a travel issue? What would he say if you asked him? He says unequivocally, this is wickedness. And we're going to prove that biblically. Okay, so going further, here is just a fraction of national headlines, op-ed, op-ed pieces involving personal testimonies and videos within the last seven days. Um, and there's a whole bunch of um, links here. Um, I believe that the links you can access, I give you the link at the very end of the main story. So anyway, of American citizens of the secular world crying out concerning this issue and the injustices being perpetuated against them. Again, I ask, where is the Christian voice? TSA, here's some, the headlines. TSA agent, uh, 45 years old, rapes 14-year-old. TSA agent arrested after saying, I am God, I am in charge. And I've seen all these stories individually, but you know, you just can't report on all of them. Three-year-old Mandy Simpson screams hysterically, Stop touching me. Uh, Meg McLean, a reporter, singled out by TSA, cuffed to a chair, her tickets ripped up. Airport worker caught photographing the screen. A female worker passed through the naked, as a female worker passed through the naked scanner. TSA gone wild. Airport thugs are out of control. Indian film star Shahrukh Khan told a BBC talk show Naked images of his body from a scanner were printed and circulated by the airport staff in Heathrow Airport in London. Nah, that's well known as well. And then the next one. TSA promises a $10,000 civil court fine 
for refusing sexual assault. See, you, you, you get fined for refusing the sexual assault now. That's how insane things are. And then TSA has indeed brought charges against this citizen for the sum of $11,000. This is the one that, the guy that tried to walk out, or he did, but now he's being sued. Because they got to make an example of him. They can't make exceptions. Next one. TSA now putting hands down flyers pants. TSA agent says it's new procedures just ordered. A man has agent grope and fondle buttocks and genitals from inside his clothing. Anywhere else, this is, this is going to give you prison time if you're caught. But they can do it out in the open now in public and it's all supposedly lawful. What a lie from the pit of hell. This is not a small thing that will blow over and be forgotten. This is here and it is in your face. It will either be torn down or we will have to deal with it. Meaning that we as children of God should not submit to it. We have airline pilots who are so distraught having been subjected to this torturous humiliation that they are incapacitated to the point that they cannot fly their planes safely. Do you want to be a passenger on that plane? Pilots vomiting in their driveways due to the stress of having to face, once again, the tortuous routine of assault and humiliation just to get on their plane and get their job done. They can no longer cope. Can you imagine having to do this every day? I mean, it's one thing to to take a plane flight every once in a while, but can you imagine if you were a pilot or something had to do this? Now, I've heard that they're going to make some exception for the pilots now. You know, but that doesn't help the rest of us out. This is not about national security. It's not about passenger and airport safety. It's not about outside terrorism. This is about the American people and incoming foreign nationals who are being terrorized by the supporting government body of this nation. Who, by its own volition, have enacted this illegal, incomprehensible, irreprehensible assault against its citizens and the world, and who have hired out-of-control megalomaniacs to virtually strip you of all your clothing, national pride, Amendment rights and religion through humiliation and degradation. I just saw another another video today of a little boy. They stripped his shirt off right in front of everybody, and and was patting the little guy down. And the, the little guy was like four or five, and they and the TSA agent was doing the same. Like three TSA agents, his dad was standing behind him. You know, and the guy was recording it on his camera. It's just unbelievable. By the beginning of 2011, all U.S. airports will have installed, will have these TSA scanners installed, according to their plans, and will have implemented the use of these scanners across the board, and there will no longer be any opt-out provisions. TSA agents have been heard commenting by travelers about more new procedures around the bend. One traveler commented on the TSA's remark as he or she was being body-searched, and said, quote, if you think this is bad, this intrusive body search, chuckle, you ain't seen nothing yet. You just wait. Yep, you just wait and see what's coming. You'll be crying to get in line for that machine. So, they're just flagrant. They're just evil, for the most part, I believe. Anybody that could do this, there's got to be something wrong with you. I mean, there's got to be something wrong with you. To do this and to like it. You know? <laughs> Are these agents salivating at the very thought of this tyranny? Frankly, the last comment should leave no doubt. Going further, 
It says, why does this happen? What is this really about? The ones who are in control do not want you to travel. They want you to be controlled. They want you to be centrally located and locked in. That way, they know where you are. Because you have no way to transport yourself long distances. And that will make, well, you, you could still, at this point, use a car. But, you know, anyway. You have no way to transport yourself long distances. And that will make us all a virtual prisoner in our own hometown or our city. The next Im- implementation on the books is checkpoint roadblocks with mobile scanners which have already been set up and are ready to roll. That it's like it's that simple. In other words, soon, very soon you are going to be going nowhere, trapped like rats in a cage, if they have their way. And again, this is why I say pray about this now. Because if you're apathetic about it now and you know, oh it's not gonna affect me, I'm not gonna fly or whatever, well, pretty soon it's it, this level of tyranny is going to permeate out into, you know, the regular world that most of us live in outside of the airports and it's going to start affecting everyone. Then he goes on to say, think about that. As you will soon see, this is a national freedoms-based issue. But this is why this article needs to be written. It goes much deeper than that and it's much more sinister in its true intent. By taking a stand against this evil, we as people may be able to change this around and have this tyranny abolished, but yet we may not. According to the Homeland Security Secretary on Friday, November 12, 2010, when met by unions of both airline pilots and airline attendants in protest of these invasive procedures, Janet Napolitano, to sum it up, in a paraphrased nutshell, stated, You don't like it? Too bad. Frankly, we don't care what you think how you feel. We will not change what has been implemented. As a matter of fact, we're going to go even further than what you see now. The meaning behind her words are devastating in their import and underlying threat. They will not back down. The worry and concern that have been heavy on my soul for days was just realized. We are, we are out of time. It is no longer one minute to midnight, dear brother, and the hour has struck. Why have I gone on about this issue of naked body scanners and intrusive groping? It is because the issue needed to be driven home with all of its terrifying implications. Because this is a test. And I truly believe it is the first of many yet to come. And we all must pass as members of the body of Christ, or the consequences of doing so as individuals will be devastating. Many believe that the rapture, the catching of the way of the church, will come, and all will be swept away safely. And then he says, I believe too, in its appointed time. And again, I'm not going to go down that road. But he says, I believe too, in its appointed time. But what many have noticed or tried to... And again, that's a gigantic excuse for so many... I didn't even bring that up before. In the church, to do nothing. To be apathetic. Well, bless God, ain't going to affect me. Yeah, well, tell that to all the martyrs who have went before us. Tell that to all the martyrs who are being martyred every day around the globe. China, Africa, Sudan, all these... uh, other countries where the reality of being a Christian, India, Afghanistan, I mean, you know, you could literally be killed on any given day for being a Christian. So, are we better than they? They didn't escape. Yet, the church in America, the 501c3 Corporate Church of America in large part, has the audacity to think that evidently they're better 
than all these other people who, who have been martyred or are being martyred or being tortured or being imprisoned or whatever. I think God sees it a real different way from a biblical standpoint. Let's go further. But what many have noticed or or not noticed or tried to avoid is that the judgment that is coming upon the church by the very hand of God himself before that appointed moment in time, meaning the rapture, and that the visitation, and that is the time of visitation as spoken of by Peter, where in 1 Peter 2.12, it says, Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. In other words, in, in your day of visitation. This word is used only twice in the New Testament. Once here and the other as the Lord Jesus rode in Jerusalem upon the cold of an ass, just as he visited his people then the Father in heaven will visit us now. Uh, why is this that you should ask? Just as Jesus entered in his Father's temple in Jerusalem and cleansed the iniquity from it by chasing out the merchants and the money changers, so too the Father in heaven will cleanse her from her iniquity, the, bo- the body of Christ. Dear people, take an honest look around you at the church. Is she clean in her garments and spotless in her ways? No, her garments are filthy and she consorts with and allows the profane. The truth hurts. This is why the Father as did the Son, will cleanse this temple, for our bodies are the temple of the Lord. Now the Bible says, think, you know, don't think not about the fiery trial, which is to try you. You know, these are things that are, are Bible predicts are going to happen. All they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Okay, the Bible's clear on that. And then it goes on to say, 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple are ye. Now, this in this context, this was mostly in reference to joining our bodies with an harlot, meaning, meaning, meaning fornication, you know, outside of marriage, this type of thing, okay? But there are obviously other ways you can defile the temple of God. And this Holy Spirit lives inside you as a born-again believer. And then 2 Corinthians 6.16 says, And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. The statement in the above verse should stop us all short when it says, him shall God destroy. Because by allowing ourselves and our family members to be subjected to naked body scanners the phys- and, the, and the physical assault, and or the physical assault of the groping, we are bringing low and debasing the very God we say we uphold and worship. And there is a true reasoning and motivation to the unspoken underlying evil behind this whole issue. By allowing this to take place concerning your own person and concerning your family, if you're in charge of them, you are setting aside the statutes and precepts of God and everything he stands for. And they know it. They know it. They're putting you in this position so that you are defiled, so that they are putting you in a position that they know is unbiblical, where they know you will have to be untrue to the scriptures. You will have to go against scriptures, the Bible. You know, 
It's one thing to obey the law of the land, but if the law of the land disobeys the word of God, then as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will obey the word of God first. Satan's doing this on purpose. He's doing this on purpose. So let's go further. Would God really destroy a person who calls himself by his name? Well, the Bible says that just from from people partaking of the Lord's Supper unworthily, that many, it says many are sick and many are, are asleep. And in that context, in that way, that word means they've died. Because they, they partook of the Lord's Supper unworthily. They had um, all kind of unconfessed, unrepentant of sin when they took of the Lord's Supper. Or maybe not all kinds. Maybe it was just, who knows? That's between them and God. But they died because of that. So it says, would God really destroy a person who calls himself by his name? <laughs> it's happened all throughout, you know, since people have been Christians. If you mean by the loss of a life or one's inheritance, um, then yes, I believe scripture has further an answer. First uh, Thessalonians four fifteen through 17 For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God and the dead of Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now this is the rapture. Okay, This is the rapture of the church. This is not the second coming spoken of here, but that we of the bridegroom, um, but that of the bridegroom coming for his bride at the catching away. Notice the words that we which are alive and remain, uh, that phrase, we, we which are alive and remain, which are not spoken of just once, but twice for emphasis and impact. If that does not send a chill up your spine and make you reflect on how you look upon the things of God, then nothing really will. What does this word remain truly mean? See for yourself. Now, this is his interpretation, and I think he gives... I'm not going to be dogmatic about this particular point. Because you could say those which are asleep are all the people that were that died before us as well. Okay, So it'd be real easy to argue this point. Okay, But I do think he brings up an interesting point here. And that's why I'm, I'm including it. So don't send me a whole bunch of emails trying to argue with me about this. I'm just saying, this is his take on it, and I think he makes a valid point that should be considered. That word remain in um, the Greek means to survive. Okay, from the from if we look at the etymology of that word, to survive, essentially. If you're a Christian and allow yourself to be scanned and groped, you're laying your Lord's body bare. Because it is God's body. It is His body. I mean, we are His workmanship created in Christ. We, um, we, are not our, we are not our own. We are bought with a price. Uh, you could go on and on and on. Okay? So, it says... If you, if you allow yourself to be scanned or groped, you're laying your Lord's body bare for the world to see. You have uncovered his nakedness for all to mock and jeer at. Has he not suffered enough at our expense? Huh. I have to agree with that. I look at myself. Oh, what a wretch of a man that I am. Who should deliver me from the body of this death, as Paul said? Has he not suffered enough at our expense? Amen. And then he goes on to say, Must we through our own ignorance humiliate him further? For that 
is what those in power and control of your life want to see happening because they hate mankind. Let us never forget just who the two combatants in this cosmic battle are. What does the Lord say firsthand about this? How does he feel if you adopt an unconcerned attitude of, it's just not bad to go with the flow, it's for our own safety anyway. Is getting to grandmother's house for turkey dinner or that skiing trip more important than God is? This is really... And then, then he goes on to say, uh, saying, well, this is not really a big deal. The Lord understands, right? I mean, in other words, that's what you'd be saying in your head. Well, the Bible says in Leviticus eighteen seventeen, Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of a woman and her daughter, neither shalt thou take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. For they that are near her are kinswomen. It is wickedness. So right here we have a biblical precedent for saying when you uncover someone's nakedness, okay, looking on their naked body, or even worse, sleeping with somebody, this is wickedness in God's eyes. And this is what they're doing to every single person going through these scanners. They're uncovering their nakedness so these perverts can gaze upon these images. And these images are being stored in databases. And there's other things that I believe they're gathering regarding biometrics, regarding these machines, that they're not telling us. Ways to catalog us. And to know things about you that, that you know, you probably don't even know. Because they're lying to us every step of the way regarding this, right? I mean, we're, we prove this over and over. So as a matter of fact, nearly the entire book of Leviticus condemns this behavior and the people who perpetuate it. What does this wickedness mean? The answer might just surprise you. Um, wickedness, that word wickedness in Leviticus is, is derived from the word zima or zama. And it's a plan, especially a bad one, or a heinous crime, the K- KJV, um, the etymology of that word, a heinous crime, a device or a plot. A wicked device, a plot, a plan, a device, a heinous crime, a wicked device. So, um, is that not what the naked body scanners are? A wicked device? It is. It is a wicked, evil device of Satan. Is what it is. And it should be viewed that way. And we should not, as Christians, subject ourselves to that. There's no reason... Is this not a plot against peaceful people? Well, again, I, I'm not going to give America that much credit. I don't think he views us as a innocent, peaceful people. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, you know, This dear children of God, like it or not, is no different than the great golden statue that was set up by King Nebuchadnezzar during the times of antiquity to force the Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to submit as they were commanded by the great voice of a great ruling authority. And they refused to dishonor not only themselves, but the God they loved and worshipped. They refused to bow down to that idol and worship it. They refused it. But it was the law of the land. We've got to obey it right now. You don't. Nope. Not if it contradicts the word of God. And then let's just go back. Um, what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. 
As God said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So they refuse to bow down and worship that idol. And it's a wicked device. We should not subject ourselves to this. Let's go further here. I kind of scan back just to go back to that verse. Okay, so then we go to Leviticus 18.25-26. And the land is defiled, therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, and shall not commit any of these abominations, neither any of your own nation, for any or any stranger that sojourneth among you. Now, again, these were, I believe, in reference to a lot of the sexual sins that God was forbidding. Incest, you know, fornication with, you know, obviously outside of marriage and, 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 and adultery, and, and then the whole thing with um, the gays and the sodomites and these types. These are things that defile the land. Child sacrifice, abortions, defiles the land. Well, when the land is defiled enough, it gets to a point where the land will literally vomiteth out her inhabitants. That's where we're pretty much at right now. That's where we're pretty much at, I believe. So, not a really good scenario that America's facing. Wickedness abominations. There is God's answer to his children. The firm foundation of religion and faith we need to must stand on to fight back is to submit, to forsake the Bible verses just mentioned. To submit is to forsake the Bible verses just mentioned. Think about it. Think about it. It's true. If you're not even supposed to look on a naked woman, or you know, and, and these types of things, then how could going through a naked body scanner be biblical? There's no Bible for it. You're willingly paying money to submit to Big Brother so he can look at your naked body and and, and gather intelligence on you. Or you could opt out and then be groped and have some pervert fill you up and traumatize you and who knows what he's imparting to you on a demonic level. And you're paying for this? Peter 2, 20-22 But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb The dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. The Bible says in Revelation three sixteen through 17 So then because thou art lukewarm which is an accurate depiction of the modern day Laodicean church and neither cold nor hot I will spew thee out of thy mouth. Isn't that funny? Because when we're doing things that defile the land, sexual sins and these types of things, particularly that, child sacrifice, the gays and, and, and the sodomites and the, and the transsexuals and the lesbians doing their thing, this defiles the land. What happens? The land will eventually vomit you out. And it's funny here, it says, because thou art lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spew thee out of my mouth. I think America is pretty much for on a corporate level getting ready, especially for the Laodicean lukewarm church. Remember, judgment must, must begin at the house of the Lord for God to spew him out of his mouth. 
That's why I believe the Bible says, Wherefore come out from among her, and be ye not partakers of her plagues. Wherefore come out from among her, my people, and be ye not partakers of her plagues. Now understand, you could say that's Mystery Babylon. Okay, understand the world system. But, the modern day 501c3 corporate church, for the most part, is part of that system. That system gives the 501c3 modern corporate church its right to exist. So it is part of it. Then it goes on to say, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Well, look at Benny Hinn and his nice white priest suit he wears with his little cut-out cleric collar, Catholic cut-out collar. Look, look, look at all these, these uh, televangelists that have their own jets. Some of them have more than one. Joyce Meyer and her $20,000 toilet. You could go on and on and on. All the apostasy and heresy and all their big, nice, fancy church buildings. I don't see any Bible for building churches like that. I see Bible for taking that money and, and giving it to like the widows and the orphans. And, and yes, I'm not saying don't support your pastors or support those that, that spiritually feed you. So that they can devote themselves full time to that. But all this other garbage? So they can build these gigantic monuments? And there's, and there's all kind of people starving and widows and orphans and, and babies. and Those are the people that, that should be um, primarily the money's going to. As a man has purpose in his heart, so let him give. But no, that's not happening either. The benevolent fund in most churches is the lo- is the littlest thing that's typically considered. Whereas all the other projects in mort- mortgages, mort meaning death, gauge meaning contract, I believe in the Latin, they're in debt. They've taken out loans to get these, these big gigantic churches. Well, the borrower's slave to the lender. The Bible's very clear on that. Everything's so out of order and backwards. I, I can't believe God hasn't rained down his fury yet. I, I can't believe it. I, I couldn't blame him one bit if he did it tonight. Honestly, that's that's the church's only hope, is his judgment, I believe. Because the, no, they're, they're not going to wake up until he judges it. Certain people, I believe, will wake up. And I'm not saying that because I think I'm all high and mighty and I'm so much better. And I'm going to be up there next to God when he judges everybody with my arms crossed. I deserve judgment too. I haven't done my best for God. I feel like I fail him every day. So I'm not saying this like I think I'm Mr. Perfect or anything. So please don't get me wrong on that. I'm saying this as much to myself as I am. But these are things that are so obvious to me. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and in, and in need of nothing. The modern day church in America is pretty much in this boat. They're in need of nothing, they think. And knowest that thou art in God's eyes, and I put, I, I put in God's eyes, thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked before God. Revelation three sixteen and 17. What else is there we can lean upon through God's holy word? In the New Testament, the same Hebrew word for wickedness is rendered... Pony, or P-O-N-E, 
porn, which is where we derive our word for pornography. What is the TSA body scanner? It is pornography. With depraved perverts at the switch. I went over the hiring practices last week of TSA, how they're letting illegal aliens get into flight training school now, and they're allowing illegal aliens, you know, this and that, and that they've had sexual predators, TSA has hired them, they don't do proper background checks, yet they'll go and scrutinize to the nth degree anyone going through the naked body scanners, and you are guilty till proven innocent, and you are considered a terrorist, But as far as their hiring practices, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll hire, you know, any pervert we can hire, essentially. I'm not saying it may be that bad, but it's pretty bad. That word um, for wickedness and ponera, which is where we derive the word from pornography, is also translated from depravity, pra- uh, means depravity, wickedness. Sins, plots, uh, evil, derelict, the devil. So, the Lord of Heaven now asks His children, in 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? See, we're not our own. We're His. Now, again, I'm saying this as much to myself as I am anyone else. Okay? Then it goes on to say, For you are, brought, you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. People, and how can you glorify your God in your body and your spirit when you're, when you're, being, when you're basically giving your body up and saying, Here, take a pornographic image of me. And my little girl and wife to boot. Or no, just grope us really good. That that is defilement. People, we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against the, the evil powers of Satan that occupy this world, and in turn use mankind to do their dirty work for them. We cannot stand by and let the name of the one we say we worship and love be torn down and trampled in the mire. Each one of us needs to be responsible for our own person or for that of young children. Men of Christ, stand up and be counted for God has ordained you with the righteousness of headship over the family and are the only and you are their only defense other than Christ himself against the wiles and machinations of the devil. Woman of Christ, if there is no man in your life, then the Lord God is your covering, and it is in him you must place your trust. He will not forsake you. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Um, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let wives be subject to their own husbands in everything. problem is, is most, most husbands nowadays don't have a backbone. They, and they don't have any interest in the Bible whatsoever. So they've kind of like abdicated their position as men. Now I'm not, tell, I'm not like saying this like I'm coming down on all my listeners. I'm, saying, I'm talking in general here. Okay? And they've abdicated that position. And so the wives have taken over. Because if a husband won't do it, the wife will typically step up to the plate and do it. So she's in a position she shouldn't even be in biblically because the husband didn't have a backbone 
or have any interest in the Word of God. And so he's like this little gelded figure off to the side, and the wife's ruling over the husband, and everything's out of order. And the children are ruling over the parents, which is a judgment from God. I mean, you can go in the Old Testament. And it says, as for the men, the wives rule over them, and the children do as well. It's judgment from God when that happens. So let's go further here. Uh, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. I mean, I'm sorry. If you love your wives, you know, I don't think you should be letting her go through one of these scanners. From the radiation standpoint, from the sterilization standpoint, from the risk of cancer standpoint, from the fact that you're irradiating all her eggs and her ovaries, and I don't believe it's just skin deep, this garbage. I don't believe it. I don't believe anything they're saying. From from the fact that they're going to store the image in a database and gather all kind of uh, biometrics on you, and the fact that they're taking a pornographic image, I mean, pick a reason. So, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. The word of God is a cleansing, sanctifying thing when you read it. That's what that represents. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. So we're supposed to love our wives as our own bodies. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. So we're members of Christ. His body is flesh and his bones. All the more reason not to go through a naked body scanner. We, as people, have done no wrong to warrant these scans. Well, again, I, corporately, America, I've given you a lot of reasons that, that we deserve judgment. Okay, but I understand his point here. We are not terrorists. We have not caused uh, hurt or threatened anyone. All we wish to do is board an airplane and be on our way because of this God counts you and your stance in righteousness and he will not abandon you. He will stand beside you in your faith by protesting against this evil and simply standing firm and saying no. No to the exposing of your nakedness, which is his nakedness, and no to the molestation of your body, for it is his body and that of your children's, for this will be to his glory. What is happening here is against your faith, uh, religion, and your humanity. For you are created in the image of the Holy God, whom has empowered you by himself to say, No, we are not, we are to be a lamp unto the world. It is, it is time, and the moment has come. These TSA agents and the ones they work for seem to take pleasure in your humiliation by the power they wield and have been known to use trickery. Stand strong and fast for your rock, the rock of Christ Jesus, is a mighty one. And then he quotes Ephesians 6.12. Uh, I'm sorry, he quotes Romans 1, 28-32, describing these types of perverts. And even as they, now this is also more in reference to 
uh, the gays, men burning after men, women burning after leaving the natural use of their body. Okay, but it says, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. That word convenient means proper, apt, or fitting. Okay, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. This is an evil thing. Disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Ephesians 6, 12-13 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take on you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. You see, the Lord is a just and mighty God, and he cannot start to judge the world for its iniquities until he first judges his own house. And that, dear ones, is you and I. Judgment starts in the house of the Lord first. 1 Peter 4, 17-18 For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it must first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Man, this is some scary stuff. And if the righteousness, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Psalm 84, 10-12 says, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Well, I think opting out of all of this and not submitting to it is basically like being a doorkeeper. I'm not going to dwell in the tents of wickedness for the sake of going along with the flow or because it's easy. I don't know what it's going to cost you. If, if you're put in a position like this, you know, and, and it's, it's a rock and a hard place because, you know, it's terrible what they're doing, but I can't in good conscience tell anybody to fly knowing that they're going to have to go through this and then and knowing now unless God convicts you to do it and to bow up and to say, no, I'm not going to submit to anything. You're probably going to wind up in jail right now. But then again, I don't know how God might intervene. Who knows what God may do in a supernatural way? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe nothing bigger than miraculous will happen. Maybe you will get thrown in jail. Who knows what God might do, though? I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's important to do what God tells you to do individually. There's no cookie-cutter answer here. I know one thing. I wouldn't submit to any of it. That's for sure. It's all evil. It's all wicked. Don't submit to it. Not, at least that's what I do. I mean, I think that's clearly what the Word of God's telling you to do. For the Lord God is, is a sun and a shield, and the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. And that was Psalm 84, 10-12. I believe our time of testing is at hand, and the issue before you here is the beginning of that test. It's not like, okay, you pass this one and there's nothing else around the corner. This is just the beginning. 
And as Christians, if we cannot handle this first test and so turn our backs on the Lord, regardless of what He had set forth in His Word, how will we be able to withstand and overcome the uglier things that are coming after that? It's a really good point. If you don't even pass the first test, you think you're going to pass the second and third? Once you get off the path and start going down the wrong road, you know, it's, it's harder and harder and harder to turn around. We're standing on the precipice of, and I'm not saying this was the first test that any Christians ever went through. Okay, I'm sure there's all kind of other things that other Christians are going through all over the planet right now that pale in comparison, make this, you know, like nothing. But I'm saying for American Christians who really haven't suffered a lot of persecution. We're standing on the precipice of a walk, of a waking nightmare that is challenging us with its blatant charge. How we get through this, what is coming, will determine how we spend our eternity and our inheritance as individuals and children of God. A husband cannot save his wife from the cleansing of God, nor a mother or a grown child. We must now stand before a just God who is in this time of testing will judge every man of and by himself and by his own merit. Each member in the body must be tested, tried, and found to be victorious. The Bible talks about the trial of our faith, which is more precious than gold. And The Bible talks about in Revelation 3, um, you know, anointing your eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see, you know, and, and putting on the righteousness of Christ and these types of things. So, the Bible also says in Daniel 12, 9, and he said, Go thy way, Daniel. Now, this is regarding the end times. He said, Go thy way, Daniel, for thy, the words are closed up and sealed till the end time of the end. Which is kind of where we're at now. Pretty much. And then he goes on to say, Regarding that time of the end, many shall be purified and made white and tried. See, that's unfortunately, in a, and from a fleshly standpoint, I say unfortunately, because you're purified in God's eyes by being tried and you're made white. Now, I understand it's the righteousness of Christ, but we also need to walk, live a righteous life as well. I'm not saying we earn our way to heaven, but many shall be purified and made white. It's very clear. And tried. But the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And, and these TSA agents remind me of that. They'll, they're, they're doing wickedly, and they don't even have a clue. They like it. I really believe they do. Because they. I think, for the most part, they've been turned over to a reprobate mind. I don't see how you couldn't be and not do that job. Revelation 2.10 says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried. Here we go again with being tried. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Be thou faithful unto death. The Bible does say, They that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. So, I'm not talking about a works-based salvation here. I'm talking about evidence of your salvation. Evidence. Not a works-based, but evidence. Show me thy faith by thy works. 
Faith without works is dead. Okay, so don't put the cart in front of the horse. You're saved by grace through faith, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, in, in his death, burial, and resurrection, his finished work of the cross. And that not of yourselves is not of works, lest any man should boast. So we're not saved by our own works, but the works will follow the faith. And that's what we're talking about here. Okay? And I've done several studies on this. The, the concept of overcoming and the cross of Christ. But I always like to present salvation on a separate level. I give you salvation first. How are we saved? I've done study on that. And then the concept of overcoming in the cross of Christ. And I've done those teachings. Um, you can access those on um, uh, contendingfortruth.com or uh, you can email me as well. And I've got them together. But anyway... Um, this isn't fun stuff to talk about, but it's reality. You know, it's reality. So, I, 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 it's it's pertinent to this particular subject. And uh, the, the point he was making before about they that are alive and remain, he was implying there that there's going to be some people that weren't remaining, that weren't alive, because they had been disobedient. Now, again, you, you could really argue that point saying, well, what about all the Christians that died before, you know, and had been obedient? So, again, there, there, you could really debate that one quite a bit. But, you know, he, he wanted to bring up the point that, you know, possibly some people that had fallen asleep or died, it might have possibly been because an issue like this. I mean, if you could die because you partake of the Lord's Supper unworthily, you can also die because you're disobedient to the Word of God, and, um, you know, you keep sinning and sinning and sinning, and the Bible says, of whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, then you're a bastard. Well, chastening is like a spanking from God. And I've heard some preachers describe it as, well, when God starts chastening you as a child of God, he starts out with fine grit sandpaper, and he'll work you out up to double lot grit, meaning a real coarse sandpaper, if you don't get, if you don't get in line. And eventually he can kill you. It can happen. Uh, and, and I think that concept too is, is, is potentially presented in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5 where it says, uh, Turn such an one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the soul may be saved. So again, that's a whole other subject, but I just wanted to touch back on that point. I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea with that. I, I, I think that's what he was trying to convey there. Anyway, let's go further. The wheat will be separated from the chaff and the sheep from the goats. The Lord's visitation is at hand and he's preparing to clean his house. Are you ready for something truly wicked? This way comes. And again, he's got all these other articles in here um, re relating to this particular subject. And uh, let's see here. Let's go further here, because I want to keep all this together in one study. Um, this is uh, was on World Daily Net. This is about the TSA again. With a week to go until the Thanksgiving travel peak and Americans' anger continuing to rise over the heightened airport security measures, a U.S. congressman launched legislation today to end what he calls Soviet-style searches by the American government. Representative Ron Paul of Texas introduced the air... Traveler Dignity Act to protect Americans from physical and emotional abuse by Federal Transportation Security Administration employees conducting screenings at the nation's airports. 
Something has to be done, Paul said. Everybody's fed up. The people are fed up. The pilots are fed up. I'm fed up. We appreciate the action Ron Paul's taken to legally stop the TSA in their intolerable searches, intolerable searches of American citizens least likely to ever be a terrorist. I mean, TSA agents are invasively searching elderly grandparents, even in wheelchairs, and three-year-old little girls. Why did the Obama administration order these types of personal body searches? Even though America has not suffered any significant terrorist attack since 9-11, and since no government authority has even claimed that terrorists have been concealing weapons in their groin. And it's, it's a wonder, because we're just letting the terrorists pour over the border, through our poorest borders, and we've been doing that for years, and, it, and it's, a, it's a known fact that a lot of them are from the Middle Eastern countries. I really believe that when that starts to go down, uh, <laughs> all these sleeper cells are, are already in place from the Muslims, and when that trigger is activated, and when that trigger is pulled, they're already going to be here. And again, there's a lot of horrific stuff that could go down all at the same time. And I believe uh, if Satan has his way, that's the way he's going to make let things go down. Um, it goes on to say, let's see here. Why did the Obama administration order these types of personal body searches? Okay, so number one, to see if the American people are capable of outrage anymore over even the most barbarous practices imaginable. See, they want to see how apathetic we are. If we do not see overwhelming outrage over this issue, we are likely to see an absolute dictatorship thrust upon us sooner rather than later. And that's that's part of my reason for for doing all of this. So we can have more time to prepare. Why did that tour back in 05? So, that, I mean, if people are just totally apathetic, then that gives the, the Illuminati the green light that, okay, it's a go. The sheeple people have been dumbed down even more. They're even more apathetic than we thought. Let's go to the next phase of the plan. It's exactly why, part of the reason why they're doing this. Number two, to intimidate as many individual citizens as possible. Every dictatorship in the history of mankind has depended upon the intimidation of ordinary citizens to make the oppressive system work. If you are feeling intimidated as you approach the airport security checkpoints, you are feeling exactly as the Illuminati want you to feel. Three, to establish a powerful chokehold over the transportation system. Historically, dictatorships have felt the overpowering need to maintain a stranglehold on the transportation system, restricting the movement of dissidents is one proven method to keep them from amassing enough power to overthrow the government. Since the air transportation system is one of the most important in our society today, it makes sense that it would be the first selected. However, other types of transportation systems will be saddled with similar privacy scans and searches once the TSA establishes the precedent that they have the right to do so. In other words, if, if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. They're going to start doing this in every, every aspect of our lives if we let them do this. Trains and bus station systems will, will most likely be the next targets and will soon be forcing people into the same security procedures. Then you're probably going to see it going into sporting events. Then you're going to see it in malls. Then you're going to see the checkpoints. It's going to be Nazi Germany all over again. Comment I made, as we stated previously, to also defile us. And to capture nude pictures of us and our families and humiliate us. Also, the sterilization caused by the radiation and also the cancer this will inevitably cause. So that's another reason that they didn't even get into. I just wanted to reiterate that. At this point, America... You see how many satanic birds Satan is killing with this stone? 
See how many bases he's covering with this? These, this TSA issue alone? At this point, America will be closer to a communist-style dictatorship than anyone has ever thought possible. With this idea in mind, let us return to the remarks of Representative Ron Paul. We have seen the videos of terrified children being grabbed and probed by airport screeners. We have read the stories of Americans being subjected to humiliated body scanning images and are forced to have the most intimate parts of their bodies poked and fondled, he added. The TSA version of our rights looks more like the rights granted by the old Soviet constitutions, where freedoms were granted to Soviet citizens right up to the moment the state decided to remove those freedoms. Ron Paul's correct. An absolute dictatorship along the lines of the Soviet system was planned 200 years ago in the protocols of the learned elders of Zion. Listen to the plan. This, this article is from Cutting Edge. I, I think they brought up some good points here. What kind of di- dictatorship do the protocols envision? Protocol number five, regarding despotism in modern progress, says, quote, These laws will draw one by one all the indulgences and liberties which have been permitted, and our kingdom, the kingdom of essentially the Illuminati and Satan, will be as distinguished by a despotism of such magnificent proportions as to be at any moment and in every place in a position to wipe out any who oppress us by deed or word. The Bible says that, that I must work the works of him that sent me. Jesus Christ said this. The night cometh when no man can work. That's why I'm trying to get the word out as much as I can. And not me, but a lot of people are. To fight this, and, and so we know how to pray, is, is really the primary reason. So, did you catch the kind of dictatorship, despotism, that the Illuminati has planned for every nation once they've been brought under the rule of Antichrist? Once they have full control, then they plan on wiping us out. So it's not like, you know, you give them, well, we'll, we'll let them have this. I'll let them take the naked pictures of me and my family. That'll appease them. No, it won't. Satan is never appeased. It's like hellfire. It's never enough. It's like, can you ever throw enough wood on a fire that it's satisfied? The Bible makes mention of that. No, you can't. The more fuel you give it, the the brighter it burns. The more we give into this, the more they'll take. If you are not a born-again Christian, you have every right to be scared to death. Indeed, this is the beginning of the planned scenario unfolding in front of us. Once the terror begins, men's hearts failing them for fear and looking for those things which are coming on the earth. Luke twenty-one twenty-six. Literally, this scripture is the Illuminati plan. The Illuminati, they want to put everybody in total abject fear. Remember, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee, Psalm 56, 3. That rhymes. It's a good mnemonic to remember that one. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth him. Also, the Bible talks about delivering those that have, um, those that have um, been merciful to the poor and given to the poor, about how God delivers them as well. Now, I'm not saying this so you get a get-out-of-jail-free card. I'm just saying, I'm giving you some biblical tenets here. And obviously, all of this has to be combined with faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So, um, going further 
The Illuminati has scripted the coming terrors so that when they begin, they will come in such successive waves that scarcely can a person digest what has just happened. And that the next terror, when the, and then when the next terror event happens, and so on and so on. I'm telling you, that's the way I believe it's really going to go down. Successive event after successive event. Can you imagine? And if you combine this with natural disasters as well, which they have the power to manipulate and control weather, and that's been proven, and I've done several studies on that, and they've admitted it in their Senate documents. And if you want to know more about that, key into that avian flu presentation I did. I give you all the proof right there that they, that they can control weather. Earthquakes, tsunamis, um, you name it, they can control it. Volcanoes even. I believe they can set off all that stuff through the you know harp and, and all their other different ways that they use things. So you can imagine... You know, if you had something like a biological attack in conjunction with a nuclear attack and in conjunction with a terrorist attack, in conjunction with an earthquake or earthquakes, in conjunction with tsunamis, in conjunction with some type of avian flu or swine flu pandemic, in conjunction with World War Three, in conjunction with the UFOs, in conjunction with the Ascended Masters appearing, I mean, you could go on and on and on. And then Big Brother implementing all of his draconian things at the very, very same time. And all these executive orders are already in place where they can actually do that. And the thing about it is they say, well, we we got back control of the the, uh, Congress, the Republicans, even though it's in a lame duck session right now. And I think they're going to try to implement as much draconian legislation in this lame duck session as they possibly can, and they are already trying to do it. The Democrats are. Now, I understand, Democrat, Republican, you know, that whole argument, you know, they're all on the same side of the equation. But, if we do nothing, and we're totally apathetic, and we don't resist evil, then that really gives them the green light to really implement every bit of it. So, I have sent out several emails as of late to try to, you know, get people at least praying, if nothing else, about these particular issues. The, the, the Modern Food Safety Act, this Dream Act amnesty, um, the the coming implementation of the healthcare plan, a, a lot of different things they're going to try to um, uh, railroad through it, you know, lame duck session, and at the beginning of next year. So, anyway, successive terror events are designed to blow people's minds. These horror stories are just the tip of the iceberg. Unless we stand up now, the Illuminati has always feared and aroused public. And then it says, click here to sign a petition to stop this ghastly and terrible invasion of our personal rights and privacy. And that give you a little link there you can click on. And um, then this is also a support HR 6416, the American Traveler Dignity Act. This is what Ron Paul introduced November 17, 2010. Get your congressman behind this bill now. I'll give you the link to that as well. Um, next article... 96% of travelers, now this is encouraging if this is true, it's hard for me to believe this, really hard, but it says 96% of travelers changing plans due to new airport scanning, pat-downs, and procedures. I will say this though, people that I have told about this, we have had reactions like, I'm not flying, once they found this out, which is kind of encouraging, because at least it's like, well, not everybody's totally apathetic. 
U.S. airports just got a whole lot more invasive with recent announcements by the TSA that new enhanced pat-down procedures will become the norm for travelers who opt out of complying with the full-body naked imaging scans. But a recent Reuters poll shows that as of this writing, and again, this is a little hard for me to believe, 96% of travelers plan to make alternative travel plans to avoid this gross invasion of privacy. Over 73,000 have responded to the survey thus far in Reuters, and although it is a simple internet poll, it speaks volumes about how people feel about the new procedures. Now, I would imagine that the ones that are going to respond to this are the ones that are really taking this to heart, whereas the ones that are apathetic won't even do anything. So again, I I can't believe 96% of the people aren't going to fly. I think what you're seeing here is a response from the people that are going to take a stand, and aren't go- which is good. I'm glad. Praise the Lord. I- I'm glad whenever tyranny is is resisted, because tyranny is not of God. Over seventy three percent of people, seventy three thousand people have responded, um, and over the past several months, these procedures have gotten progressively worse as the pat downs have morphed into a full blown sexual assault. I mean, that's what you're getting—a full blown sexual assault. And it's one thing if it's happening to you, but if it's like your, your your little girl or your son, you know that that then it gets gets into the unconscionable mode. It's like whoa, whoa, no, that's not optional. You know, that's not even remotely optional. Shouldn't be optional if that happens to you either. But I'm just saying. Now, here's this article is how I think they may try to uh, steer this. Possibly, I don't know. But I thought this was interesting. And it's entitled, New Whole Body Scanner Offers Integrated Biometric Capabilities to Airport Screening for Iris Facial and Fingerprint Data Storage. It's called ISCON. I-S-C-O-N is introduced an enhanced version of the 1000D Whole Body Scanner equipped with optional biometric technologies and identity verification techniques which will vastly improve security at corrections facilities, law enforcement, as well as international airports. The ISCON 1000D is the only whole-body imaging portal that can be integrated with the -the state-of-the-art technologies to detect virtually any object without radiation or privacy issues. See, that's the big thing now. It's the invasive privacy they're looking at my naked body or the radiation that I'm getting and confirm that the person is indeed who they claim to be. This is critical in prisons as inmates try to pose as others to escape, as well as airport security to speed processing, identify terrorists, and discover contraband. ISCON 1000D uses thermoconductive infrared technology. And true, if it's using infrared technology, you you really shouldn't be getting any kind of radiation dose. Uh, This completes a 360-degree scan in 30 seconds and reveals a multitude of objects, but doesn't penetrate clothing. Now, I don't know how that's possible. But, so that there's no privacy or radiation issues. And again, can we believe this? You know, I don't really believe any of them, but it's saying this. If it can actually detect the thermal imprint of any object that many scanners miss, including thin plastic, wood, powder, pills and drugs, paper money, liquid, ceramics, explosives. ISCON D1000 has already been sold in the U.S., Europe, China, Japan, Iraq, Russia, and the Ukraine, the enhanced system offers standalone or combined options for integrated security capabilities, 
through identity verification using the following technologies. Now, this is where they're openly admitting that they're using other technologies and they can gather other things using these 360-degree scanners. They're not admitting this with the current scanners that TSA has. That doesn't mean that they can't do the same thing. But this one's saying it can use, um, uses the following technologies. Facial recognition can compare a person's facial attributes to existing databases and cross-match with other systems. See, this is how they are collecting data on us. Facial recognition. Fingerprint recognition. Fingerprints are highly reliable identification methods and are a fast and easy way to determine identity. Large law enforcement office, uh, enforcement databases can be accessed to cross-match and verify a person's identity quickly and easily. Iris recognition, which is where they look at your eyes. Scans of a person's iris can be cross-matched to a database for identity. I mean, man, if they got this on you, they got that's all they would need to identify you from here on out. And then, uh, uh, interesting, card or a barcode reader. For high-traffic areas that need fast scans, the ISCON 1000D is equipped with a card and barcode reader, which is probably what's going to be incorporated in the Mark of the Beast in some way, shape, or form when we receive a mark in our right hand or a forehead. So, um, again, that's in the tribulation, but again, it's interesting that they've got this built in. At manufacturing facilities and other high-security operations, that require both scanning and verification, the system is an ideal for people who are pre-approved and can simply scan their card or barcode and go through safely. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and stop part two there. We're done with the TSA, and we'll go to the next part next. God bless you.